Praise the Lord, everybody. Praise Good to be at SCORE Conference. I'm running a little bit late there. I'm sorry for that. I don't believe in being late to church. And I get on my folks for being late. Then I'm not setting a good example. But uh, glad to be here at SCORE Conference. Appreciate this conference so much. Appreciate Brother Bass's friendship. And uh, good to see um, so many of our friends here today. Didn't think I was going to get to make it. I woke up Monday morning with a with an abscess on my face the size of a balloon. And I called Brother Bass. And, and I said, Brother Bass, I don't know if I'll be able to make it or not. And he said, well, Brother, just give it another day. I wasn't trying to get out of preaching. I've, I've preached a few times. And uh, Brother Bass was very patient with me. I told him I didn't want to hold him up or be a distraction. And then that first day, it didn't go away. I called back. He said, well, wait till in the morning. <laughs> and so here we are. I'm glad to be here. Thank you, Jesus. Appreciate this conference. Been blessed many times by this conference and also Brother Bass's ministry. I really appreciate Brother Bass's friendship. Brother Bass has given me a few messages over the years. Of course, I've had to doctor him a little bit. I had to put a little soul on him, Brother Wicks, you know. Not that Brother Bass ain't got no soul. Ain't what I'm talking about. We're glad to be here. And uh, I believe in evangelism. And the Lord willing, if the Lord allow me to do so, I want to talk a little bit about, if I can, a little bit about some of the uh, evangelism the Lord has given us, some of the souls, if I can, somewhere in this message. I, <clears throat> We have a very aggressive, well, I won't say aggressive, we have a very active outreach in our church. We we give out cards, we we teach Bible studies, we, we have incentives and programs and contests to bring folks to church. Uh, in the year 2006, we had... Hundreds, literally, I'm not exaggerating, hundreds of visitors, but they didn't walk in on their own. We had a contest with four groups. Jason, my son, is here. He was over one group. How many, how many people y'all invited in that, if you don't mind telling me that? Y'all group one. We had, we had three additional groups teaching, inviting people to church. And uh, you said, Brotherhood, did, all, did they all stick? You know better than that. But uh, <clears throat> some did stick. And some are at church. Hey, we're not going to bring them in by sitting down. And, and all right. And, uh, we, we try different things. And uh, I'm, I'm a firm believer in Bible study. We've worn some through bus ministry. Uh, we got a young lady in our church presently. She's the secretary of the church. We warned her through bus ministry. She is uh, the wife of one of our preachers, Brother Carl Fowler's wife, Sister Chiwan. And uh, she came through the bus ministry. Uh, Brother Bass, many times I looked at those uh, insurance bills and all that overhead and stuff and said, God, is it worth it? But she's worth the bus trip and everything. A jewel, a diamond. I wouldn't trade anything for her. We warned some through van ministry. Bible study ministry, so we have a very active, very active uh, outreach. And I believe in evangelism. I believe in revival. And I'm not trying, I'm not here by no stretch of the imagination to tell you that we've had, we've had a great, uh, a bunch of folks come in. We haven't, we've had uh, a good number of people to come. Some stayed, some didn't. And so, but I'm just, uh, I'm a believer in evangelism and revival. And I appreciate being at this conference. Amen. Well, we're going to turn your attention to the book of Exodus, chapter 15. If I can get my notes to make some sense here, we might even preach a little bit. Exodus, chapter 15, and verse number 1. <clears throat> Exodus 15, verse number 1. said, Then sang Moses... And the children of Israel, this song unto the Lord and spake, saying, I will sing unto the Lord, for he hath triumphed gloriously. 
The horse and his rider hath he thrown into the sea. The Lord is my strength and song, and he has become my salvation. He is my God, and I will prepare him in habitation. My father's God, and I will exalt him. The Lord is a man of war. The Lord is his name. Pharaoh's chariots and his hosts hath he cast into the sea. His chosen captains also are drowned in the Red Sea. The depths have covered them. They sank to the bottom as a stone. Thy right hand, O Lord, has become glorious in power. Thy right hand, O Lord, hath dashed in pieces the enemy. The greatness of thine excellency, thou hast overthrown them that rose up against thee. Thou sentest forth thy wrath, which consumed them as stubble. And with the blast of thy nostrils, the water gathered together. The flood stood upright as in heap. The depths were congealed in the heart of the sea. The enemy said, I will pursue, I will overtake, I will divide the spoil. My lust shall be satisfied upon them. I will draw my sword, my hand shall destroy them. Thou didst blow with thy wind. The sea covered them. They sank as lead in the mighty waters. Who is like unto thee, O Lord, among the gods? Who is like unto thee, glorious in holiness, fearful in praise, doing wonders? Thou stretchest out thy right hand. The earth swallowed them. Thou in thy mercy led forth the people which thou hast redeemed. Thou hast guided them in thy strength into thy holy Habitation. The people shall hear and be afraid. Sorrow shall take hold on the inhabitants of Palestina. The dukes of Edom shall be amazed. The mighty men of Moab trembling shall take hold upon them. All the inhabitants of Canaan shall melt away. I want to read a couple of ver- couple of more verses, if you don't mind, in the book of Hebrews. Chapter 3, I know this is a lengthy reading. Book of Hebrews, chapter 3 and verse 6. Hebrews chapter 3 and verse number 6 says, But Christ has a son over his own house, whose house are we? If, everybody say if, to notice the condition here, we hold fast the confidence and the rejoicing of the hope firmer to the end. It's one thing to start the rejoicing. It's one thing that starts shouting. I've seen people shout and dance and run and jump and they're no longer with us. I'm not against shouting and dancing. If you come to Atlanta, you're going to see some of it. But uh, when you get through shouting and dancing, you got to learn how to walk with God. Because the devil don't care how much you shout and dance. I believe in it. But... uh, we got to hold the confidence and the rejoicing of the hope firm to the end. And then verse number 14 said, For we are made partakers of Christ if we hold the beginning of our confidence steadfast unto the end. And from these verses, I want to speak to you on this thought. It's not how far we've come, but it's how far we are willing to go. It's not how far we've come but how far we are willing to go. Father, we thank you today. God, we need you today. God, without you, there is nothing. We can do nothing. We can accomplish nothing. We look to you today, God, because we realize that you're not just the author, but also the finisher of our faith. I'm asking God for your anointing, God, to anoint my lips of clay and the ears of those that are in this place today. We give this service into your hands. In Jesus' name, you may be seated today. There, there is no single word in the human vocabulary that could express in a sufficient way, in an adequate way, the emotion, the feeling, the thrill that these people felt, the children of Israel felt when they crossed the Red Sea. 
And the water came crashing down upon their enemies, killing every one of them. There, there's no single word that you could use that would express what these people felt that day. Maybe if you put a bunch of words together, you can begin to, uh, you can begin to tell the story. Maybe, uh, it's not words that I use every day in my vocabulary. I have to go to the dictionary or to the thesaurus to get some of these words. And really that's what I had to do. I don't mind telling you because I don't use some of these words. These people were, uh, these people were exultant. They, they were jubilant. Uh, they were elated, awestruck, enraptured, joyful, amazed, happy, astonished. And then it just seemed like that that wouldn't, wouldn't suffice. You'd, you'd have to go outside of the dictionary just to kind of express the real emotion and the real feeling that these people felt when they crossed the Red Sea. And you'd have to start using some words that people use today, Brother Bass, that's not even in the dictionary. They were completely and totally blown away. They were, Brother Johnson, beside themselves. I heard a man say one time, Brother Weeks, he, he saw something, he looked at it, and it affected him so much, Brother Bass, until he said, I was through dealing. I, I'm through dealing. I'm done. I, I don't know what to do no more. You'd have to go outside of the Word of God. Uh, uh, they were blown to bits. Floored. You know where I'm coming from. You see, for 400 years... All they had known was oppression, anguish of spirit, groanings, afflictions, bitterness, and hard bondage, burdens, sorrows, and vexations. The scripture says that they, the Egyptians did set over them taskmasters to afflict them with their burdens. Can, can you imagine with me for 400 years, not four months, not four years, but about 430 years, all they knew was affliction. The scripture father says that the Egyptians made the children of Israel to serve with rigor. The word rigor means harshness, severity, cruelty. And they made their lives bitter. With hard bondage. That sound like the devil to me. Uh, I'm going to tell you something, friend. The devil ain't your friend. Uh, Brother Bass, I've seen people leave church and they think that they just, I'm going to leave y'all poor people alone and go out and, and have a good time and y'all not going to be able to do what I do. But I've seen them come back with their tails between the legs, beat down and whooped by the devil. Lives in a wreck. Lives in a mess. And I'm not picking at them. I'm glad, amen, that they've got enough sense to come back to the house of God. All right. But the devil is not your friend. He'll make you think you're going to have a good time. He'll make you think you're going to be somebody. But when he get through putting that whooping on you, making you make a fool out of yourself, you'll wish you never left the church. Said it sounds like the devil to me. They made them their lives bitter with hard bondage. Not bondage, but Hard bondage and martyr and in brick and all manner of service in the field. The Bible said all their service wherein they made them serve was with rigor, cruel, harsh, severity. We get a little insight into all this bitter, rigorous bondage. When we look in the book of Psalms 105 and 25, it said that he, God, turned their heart, the Egyptians, to hate his people. Let me tell you something, friend. Whatever God does, he does it good. Tell you something. Even when he turned your enemy against you, he turned your enemy against you good. 
to deal subtly with his servants. There seemed, there seemed to, uh, there seemed not to be any relief for them. The scripture says that they sighed and cried. And their cry came up before God. Now all of this rigorous bondage and this affliction uh, for the moment is forgotten. As Moses stretched forth his hand by the instruction of God over the Red Sea. And the sea, the Bible said, return a man to God to its strength. The scripture says in verse number 28 of chapter 14 of the book of Exodus, this is how it read. And the waters returned and covered the chariots and the horsemen and the host of Pharaoh that came into the sea after them. There remained not so much as one of them. There remained not so much as one of them. All of this is forgotten. Amen. As Moses raises his rod. And every single one of their enemies are laying dead upon the seashore. Uh, uh, corpses stacked about like cordwood. These people, uh, they were enraptured. They begin to sing and dance and run about. And shout, they erupted in spontaneous, unrehearsed, unedited, united praise. I said they erupted, Brother Bass. They didn't need for nobody to tell them what they do. Talk didn't get it. They began to sing. Can I tell you, we're still singing about our God. We're still singing his praises. We're still worshiping his name. And we will worship his name until the end of time. Because our God cannot fail us, nor will he fail us. Man, you may be seated. Said our God cannot fail us, nor will He fail us. There's no fake in God. A lot of fake in us. For the best, I just celebrated the personal celebration. Twenty-five years of being in church, but I wept. It seemed like just the other day, I went to the front of a. The Pentecostal church in Stone Mountain, Georgia, had no clue as to what was going on. Raised Baptist, didn't go to church. And I thought, Brother Bass, and I wept. Oh, God, 25 years. Help me. You've been good to me. The son preaching. And a 15-year-old daughter playing the keyboard. God, you've been good. It was a personal thing. I didn't have... Call friends in and gather folks around and say we're going to celebrate. It was just something between me and God, Brother Randy. I don't know what you think about being in church, but being in church is the best thing that ever happened to me. I mean that I'm not just trying to, I'm not trying to play to the grandstand. I was born to be apostolic, Brother Pastor. I was born to be in church. I'm no good in this world. This is where I belong. I'm not trying to get away from God. I'm not looking for shortcuts and side roads and back roads. I want God. I want truth. Don't give me a piece of truth. Give me the whole truth. I'm not looking for a way out. I'm not looking for a way to do my own thing. The Bible said the way of man is not in himself. I made a mess of it for 27 years. I see these people playing with God and playing games back and forth and trying to manipulate the system. And it blows my mind. They don't have a clue as to what they have. They're like Esau. They're willing to sell their birthright for a mess of pottage. Willing to sell their birthright to smoke a cigarette. They're willing to sell their birthright to fornicate a little bit. Fornicate? You're going to sell everything that God gave you for a little sex on the side? You don't know what you got. 
Forgive me, I don't mean to, I don't mean to talk too plain here. I realize Brother Bass is not at home. <laughs> and so I, I celebrated and thanked God and wept and cried. And told God I was grateful for how good he'd been to me. 25 years, it seemed like just the other day, walked into a Pentecostal church, confused, suicidal, addicted to drugs and alcohol. I am glad that my children are raised in church. There are some stories that I can't share with everybody. You hear what I'm saying to you? There's some stories my boys don't know. They've heard some of the stories, but they ain't heard all of them. They didn't, they didn't, they haven't, they haven't seen the nights that I wept and said, God, there's gotta be a better way of living than this. And so I'm grateful today. Amen for the church. I don't have no problem with what we preach. I'm sorry. I'm not trying to be ugly. I ain't got no problem with standards. Holiness, bring it on. If it's God, if it's Bible and God will let me see it and understand it, I ain't gonna say, well, no, bring it on. If it's Bible, bring it on. Hey, I, I, I'm not trying to be like nobody. I want to be what God wants me to be. Amen. If God don't see fit to give me a thousand, I'm going to preach the same message. I'm not saying we can't work on the message and fine tune it and get it right and speak a little better. But if, uh, people are changing the message for numbers. But I don't want to get into that. Bible said, the waters returned and covered the chariots and the horsemen and all the hosts of Pharaoh that came into the sea after them. There remain, I like this, there remain not so much as one of them. It sounds like when you get baptized in Jesus' name, hey, no more sins on you. God wash all your sins away. I've, I've looked at this and I've thought about this for the bass when that, when that Red Sea came crashing back. And I, you know how your mind just run. I, and I thought, man, couldn't none of those guys swim? <laughs> you know, I'm just in your mind just think. And then it hit me. You don't swim against a category 50 tornado with a typhoon. I mean, a hurricane with a typhoon. And a tsunami with an undertow. There's no escape. Let me tell you something. When that water clapped together, the force was so great, it churned and turned and twisted. They couldn't tell which way was up. You know why? Because God was behind. The wrath of God was coming through, Brother Wicks. The power of God's wrath was showing through. You don't want to get up under God's wrath. You don't want to come up under God's judgment. Ain't a single one of us can take it. Also, what I, what I like about this as well is that God didn't have to send Gable down with a letter that said, Dearest Moses, Aaron, elders, and people of Israel, I regretfully but sincerely apologize that in my desire and zeal to take out your evil pursuing enemies, I mistakenly took out some of your beloved women, children, and older people. Friendly fire. Brother Bass, I'm going to be frank with you. There have been some folks that I've been in my church. I'm sorry, forgive me. But I've aimed that, and I've got other folks, and I've had to bring I said, I wasn't talking to you. Now, I know none of y'all have ever done that. You preachers laughing. You know exactly what I'm talking about. I mean, I was, I was at somebody. I had heard from the house of Chloe. And that friendly fire hit some other folks. You know what I'm talking about. Don't act, don't act like you don't know what's going on here. And I called him in the office and said, hold up. Well, I'm confessing for all of us. Praise the Lord. 
Oh, now, Brother Bass, I know you ain't never known. You're too cool for that, amen. I run one off and say, I'm sorry, I wouldn't, I really wouldn't talk to you. Please, I don't, don't go nowhere. I don't mean they, 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 they were, they were going because they felt like they couldn't live it. Not because I, I didn't beg them to stay because they had sin in their lives. But, uh, God didn't have to apologize. He didn't say, I mistakenly took out some of your beloved women, children, older people, and, uh, also a small amount of your flocks heard because you had very much cattle. Please understand that under the circumstances, you having 600,000 footmen, not counting women and children, and in addition to that, very much cattle and the like, it was virtually impossible in this type of campaign warfare, using water and water alone, it was virtually impossible to miss some of your people and animals. Let me tell you something. My God is a God of precision. You hear me? I said, my God is a God of precision. His timing is perfect. The Bible says in the book, book of Galatians that in the fullness of the time, God sent forth his son born of a woman under the law. God don't mess around. His timing is perfect. Amen. Amen. Nah. So we will work on this problem. Sure, y'all will understand. Love God. Amen. God is a God of precision. His timing has never been, nor will it ever be off. He's never late, but he's not early either. God is a God of exactness. You hear me? I said he is a God of exactness. Amen. You can't pick and choose what you're going to obey in his word. The Bible said he that obey the whole law and yet offend in one point is guilty of all. Sometimes, sometimes people are guilty of certain things. They want to pick and choose from the word of God and they try and make it out of a smorgasbord. But you got to obey all the word of God. Scripture says obedience is better than sacrifice and to hearken than the fat of rams. God is a God of exactness. He means exactly what he says. Amen. God is a God of exact obedience. God is a God of exact Exact, specific obedience. If we know that, then my question this morning is this. How far are we willing to go to know his will? To understand his principles? To embrace his ways? To walk in his statutes? To obey his word? To appropriate his promises by faith? To walk humbly before him? How far are we willing to go? If God is a God of exactness. Amen. It's not how far we've come, but it's how far we are willing to go. Also, in this, in this verse number 28, the scripture said that that came into the sea. Uh, the, the Egyptians came after them. There remained not so much as one of them. The Bible said all the hosts. Not one of them. I want to remind us all about the thoroughness of God, the completeness of our God. The Bible said that God saves to the uttermost. He saves to the nth degree. God didn't have, ain't never have saved nobody, Brother Bass. Man, once you get saved, it's up to you to study and pray and get a revelation of who you are and what God has Bequeathed unto you and what is yours and what God has given us in Christ. God can't save you and do your part too. Scripture said, my people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. Because thou has rejected knowledge, I also will reject thee that thou would be no priest. Amen. I want to know. Amen. I want to know about God. I want to know him. 
I don't just want to know about him. I, I want that intimate relationship with the Lord. My wife can't uh, uh, tell me how to have an intimate relationship with God. My sons can't. Nobody can't. I have to do that for myself. I have to learn how to love him for myself. Man, God saves to the uttermost. If there's anything being done in half measures, or shall I say being half done, it's not God. When Jesus said in John 19 and 30, it is finished, he didn't mean that it was half finished. Hello? He didn't mean that it's just about finished. He didn't say it's finished, but a little touch up to do. No, it was finished. Got a little painting to do. It's finished, but amen. He meant that the legal side, the legal side, the judicial side of redemption is complete. I've done my part. I've done everything I was supposed to do. I've finished the work that you gave me. I've redeemed lost humanity on the legal side. In other words, God's part in paving the way for us to come and repent, to get our sins atoned for, remitted, has been dealt with. The devil was dealt with on the cross. Your flesh was dealt with on the cross. No, you know I'm not trying to say that it's been eradicated, taken out, root and branch. You know that I'm not saying that. But God has dealt with it. It's up to you to take his word and understand what God has done. Your sins is finished. Amen. God has dealt with the sin nature. No, he didn't take it out. We don't want to go into all that. I could, but I don't have the time. I don't have the time today. God said it is finished. That's exactly what he meant. He didn't, he didn't half finish salvation. If we're not living, if we're not living what we need to be living. It's not God's fault. Verse number 30 here in, in uh, Exodus 14 said, thus the Lord saved Israel that day. Everybody say that day. Well, the Lord saved Israel that day. Then, Brother Bass, God can save them the next day. Am I right? And then if he saves them the next day, then he can save them the next week. The next year. Ten years. Fifty years. God saved Israel that day. The Bible does not say that Israel saved themselves that day. The reason that they were saved that day was because that they obeyed, they trusted, they, de- they depended and relied and cooperated with God and the man of God. How far are we willing to go with cooperating you see, some people, Brother Bass, they want to cooperate with God, but not with the man of God. Uh, they, they got their own thing going with God. They, they want to bypass the preacher. Oh, well. <clears throat> they want to bypass the preacher, and they want to have things going with God. Me and God, we got our own thing going on. You know, God and I, we, we got things situated, but I, I don't agree with everything Brother Bass said. That's Brother Bass's conviction. Well, what about the Bible said, obey them, has got the rule over you? What about when the Bible said, whose faith follow? I've asked some people, Brother Bass, to leave my church. Good people. I'm not here to put them down. It was with me for... Pretty good amount of years. They, they left, and I, I don't know to this day. You know, I got my ideas, you know, we all do. Because they wouldn't even tell me why they left. And they went to another church, and I'm not here to put churches or preachers down. That's not my motivation. I don't have time for that. They didn't believe what we believed. Well, the rally, when they was with us, they bragged on me. 
They bragged on my preaching. They loved the church. They loved the standards. And boom, one day coming off and say, we're not happy. I didn't say I wanted to say, well, I'm not either. I didn't. Now, I can have the joy of the Lord not be happy at that moment. Especially when you're dealing with hardhead folks. I know you ain't got no hardhead folks in Florida. Because this is a sunny state. (laughs) The bastard, they're born here in Shippen, Georgia. (laughs) Happy. Can I be honest here today, Brother Johnson? I ain't always been happy in my marriage, but I ain't going nowhere. All right? I ain't always been happy with my car, but I took it to get it fixed. Yeah. You see, when you're not happy about things, you got to fix them. Yeah. When mama ain't happy, you got to say, baby, hey, what can I do to make this thing all right? Yeah. I just look like a fool. I put I got a I got a rough and tough persona, brother Bass, but I know what to do. No, I ain't. That's getting to the place when Victor when Victoria ain't happy. My Lord, have mercy. I'm gonna leave that alone. I'm gonna leave that right there. But we should know what I'm talking about, don't you? <laughs> Amen to God. They left. Know to this day why they left? No, we just, it's not happy. I said, why are they bragging? And sometimes people do strange things in church. I don't want to. I don't want to get into that because we've had other people to leave, but it's, it's, that's something that I thought wouldn't leave. We've had people to leave. We all have had folks to leave and. Folks to backsliding. I've had other people. I've had people to go to other churches. And, and a lot of times you can't expect it. You know, you can see they're not doing right or not with the program or they don't like what you're saying or how you're preaching or, or what you're preaching. You, you can understand that. And sometimes you're shocked what you see. Amen. Amen. So how far are you willing to go with the man of God in your life? How far are you willing to go with the man of God in your life? We've all, we all need a man of God in our lives. Verse, verse number 31 says, And the Lord saw, and Israel saw that great work which the Lord did upon the Egyptians. And the people feared the Lord and believed the Lord and his servant Moses. You see, they believed that day. But it's one thing to believe that day. You've got to continue to believe every day. You, you, they feared that day. But you've got to fear God every day. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. How far are we willing to go to continue to fear God? How far are we willing to go to continue to believe God, his word, his principles, his ways? It's not how far we've come, but it's how far we are willing to go. And these people jumped, shouted, screamed, danced, beat tambourines, spin around. Jumped up and down. They sang. But then when you look in the book of Deuteronomy, we have the real song of Moses. Where God told them how hard-headed they was. God said, this is a perverse generation. This is a people in whom there is no faith. It's one thing to start out in faith. But if you don't continue to have faith, God will not even recognize the initial faith you started with. The Riggins talked about it last night, about these people. Uh, the word preached them not being mixed with faith, did not 
profit them. Can I remind every single one of us that we live by faith. We walk by faith. We talk by faith. We dress by faith. We respect our elders by faith. We do everything by faith. We walk by faith and not by sight. The just shall live by faith. We believe God. We depend upon the Lord. We rely on his word. We surrender our lives to him. We live by faith. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. Whatsoever is not of faith is sin. If it's not faith, then it's you, it's sin. Amen. I want to I wanna ask the question here today, is it possible, just like these people did, to sing and to rejoice about the Lord uh, and what he's done and what he is going to do and not trust him, cooperate with him and agree him and agree with him to make real what I'm singing about? Is that a possibility? Uh, yes, it is. How far am I willing to go to make my song a reality in my experience? They sang about his salvation. But Psalm 78 and 22 said that they trusted not in his salvation. I don't just want to sing about his salvation. I want to trust in his salvation. Singing is easy. But trusting God every day is not as easy as singing is. Amen. Look here in chapter 15. The word Lord occurs 14 times in 21 verses. The pronouns he, him, thy, thou, thee, and thine are found 38 times for a combined 52 references about God in 21 verses, in verses 1 through 21 of of Exodus 15. I want to repeat that. The word Lord occurs, occurs 14 times. The pronouns he, him, thy, thou, thee, thine occur found some 38 times. For combined 52 references about God. And 21 verses. Self is forgotten. It's all about God. The problem is, they didn't keep it all about God. The question is, how far are we willing to go to keep self out? The Bible do say something about denying yourself and taking up your cross daily. It didn't say deny yourself sometimes. It didn't say deny yourself of something. It said deny self. Is this making any sense, Brother Bastion? My God. Must be all the antibiotics I've been taking here. Any man will come out to me, let him deny himself, take up his cross monthly. On Easter Sunday. Christmas. So let him take up his cross daily. And follow me. He said, whosoever don't take his cross is not worthy of me. The amazing thing about taking a cross is, the amazing thing to me personally about taking a cross is, and, is that it's voluntary, but it's also mandatory. Isn't <laughs> that amazing? It's, God ain't going to force the cross on you. You know, you don't hear a lot of messages on the cross these days. When I got in church, it was the cross, the cross, the blood, the cross, your flesh being crucified. Now we yawn when we hear that. Because we don't want to hear about the cross. Give us something for today. I'm telling you, that is for today. There is no, can I be frank today? There is no single message in the Bible that has helped me more personally in my relationship with God, personally, than the message of the cross and crucifying the flesh. And die into the law of sin. Yeah. 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 
no single message that has helped me more personally in my walk with God. The cross will close your mouth when you want to open it. The cross will deal with your attitudes. The cross will deal with your self-will. The cross won't let you pout, Brother Riley. There's no message in this book that has helped me more personally than the message of the cross. And I'm not just talking about uh, that what atones for our sins. I'm talking about dealing with flesh. Can I remind every single one of us that all the problems we have in our churches is just pure flesh. When you cut and strip away all the veneer, if you get down to the brass tacks, it's just pure flesh. It's because of flesh that folks can't get along. It's because of flesh that people rebel against the ministry. It's because of flesh that people's marriages are in trouble. It's because of flesh that folks won't pay their tithes. Hey, we can dress up all we want, not believe in dressing up. But if we're not careful, we're going to make the standards the ceiling when they're in the basement. I know you don't want to hear this kind of preaching. Hey, I believe I don't have no problem with standards. But the best I've been in church 25 years, I've never had a problem with standards. My pastor said, when my pastor told me that my kids don't wear shorts, we never put them on them again. That's just personal with me. I'm not saying that's for anybody else. I'm not preaching the standard for this church. I'm not. I know better than that. Holiness? I ain't got no problem with it. But the real problem in all of our churches, whether you want to agree or believe it or not, is flesh. We, we look for so many other things and we try to go side roads and see what the problem is. You know what it is. That flesh ain't been dealt with by the cross. Well, we, I believe in it. How far are we willing to go to keep self out? I said, how far are we willing to go? Ain't but one way you can keep self out. That's the cross. Ain't no two ways about it, friend. Hype won't cut it. Glossing sin over won't cut it. Shouting over top of sin won't do it. Just dressing right won't cut the mustard. And you know I believe in dressing right. Verses 1 to 13 in Exodus 15 here, and I'm I'm hurrying on. Verses 1 to 13 talks about what God did to the Egyptians. That's past tense. Verses 14 through 17 talks about the future enemies. The people shall hear and be afraid. Sorrow shall take hold on the inhabitants of uh, Palestina. The dukes of Edom shall be amazed. The mighty men of Moab trembling shall take hold upon them. All the inhabitants of Canaan shall melt away. He talked about the, the, the past enemies in Egypt and also the future enemies in, in Canaan land, but they forgot the one big enemy. That was self. They forgot the one big enemy, self. And I hope today we haven't forgotten where the real problem lies. Self is against everything that God stands for. Bible says, Brother Bass, in the book of Romans, in the book of Romans chapter 7, 6 and 7, probably two of my favorite books in the Bible, and not just, you know, saying it, but it says in Romans chapter 7, verse number 13, the apostle said, was then that which is good, talking about the law, was in that which is good made death unto me? He said, God forbid, but sin, that it might appear sin, working death in me, by that which is good, that sin by the commandment might become exceeding sinful. Now, I'm going to be frank with us today. Until sin becomes exceeding sinful, we're never going to know any true, real, continual, prevailing deliverance from it. 
We're still going to have attitudes. In other words, Paul was trying to do what God said and he couldn't do it. He said, I find in a law that when I would do good, I'm trying to please God. Evil is present with me. He said, for I delight in the law of God after the inward man. But I see another law in my members warring against the law of my mind and bringing me into captivity to the law of sin. Not just to sin, but to the law of sin that is in my members. He said, oh, wretched man that I am. You just don't find too many people to reach the point of wretchedness. Instead of us reaching that point, we hide our wretchedness. Where'd that come from? We don't want nobody to know we're wretched. We harbor things. We hide things. We don't say them. We're quiet about them. But Paul said, oh, wretched man that I am. He said, who? He didn't say what method. He said, who shall deliver me from the body of this death? I thank God. Through, 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 through Jesus Christ, my Lord. Went on to say in the book of Romans chapter 8. Amen. For the law of the spirit of life had made me free from the law of sin and death. For what the law could not do in that it was weak through the flesh. Well, nothing wrong with the law. The law is holy, and the commandment is holy, and just, and good. In fact, the law is spiritual. The law of the Lord is perfect. Right, Nothing wrong with the law. Right, but what the law could not do, and that it was weak through the flesh. Yeah. Yes, the law has to do with your flesh. God sinned in his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh and for sin condemns sin in the flesh that the righteousness of the law might be fulfilled in us, not by us, in us, by another. Has Jesus taken over yet? Or is he just in the back room somewhere? Amen. How far are we willing to go? And knowing these things. Amen. Huh? I, I'm a man that I'm a man that believed that God would do whatever He said He'd do. I'm a man of faith. And all of all of our evangelism and outreach, Brother Bass, it's just simply acts of faith. I said all what we do is an act of faith. We respond to God positively by faith so God can make his move. God can't make his move when we don't respond to him. Remember some Remember some, about four years ago, I'm just about close. About four years ago, Brother Bass, we went to a door of a lady. I talked to her before I came to church. She testified, she testified Sunday night. Her name is Sister Coretta. Went to her door. I didn't go. Somebody else went to her door four years ago. Knocked on her door, invited her to church, gave her a card. Asked her to take a Bible study. She wouldn't. She came to church a couple of times. And she didn't come for two years. For the bass, she was known in the neighborhood as the dope lady. For the Jonas, she was the dope lady. He said, Brother Hood, you can't build church, you can't build a church with folks like that. She got in trouble in some kind of way. She came to church. We taught her Bible study. And in no time flat, she received the baptism of the Holy Ghost. But that's not the end of the story. She had a daughter by the name of Melissa. Melissa's 19 or 20 right now, and she's going to college and working at a pizza place and coming to church. Melissa came in and got baptized, and she received the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Spoken of the tongues. We didn't have to even tell these people to dress right. Because when they looked around, they saw it. We don't have to harp on standards. I don't believe in standing up and harping on. Now I will if I need to. That's not what I go to the pulpit and do. Melissa came in. Melissa received the baptism of the Holy. Let me tell you something. When you get one person, you don't know what you're getting. That's not the end of the story. Coretta had a niece by the name of Nadisha. Nadisha. She came in, I think Nadisha's 14, 15, she came in and she received the baptism of the Holy Ghost and we baptized her. All these people are still in church. 
But then Coretta had an uncle. Is, is Jack Coretta's uncle by the name of Jack? Yes, sir. Brother Jack called me the other day and said, Hey, Pastor, he's Jamaican. I appreciate that message, mine on faith. And that helped me out. I appreciate it. I love you, man. I said, I love you too, Jack. We call him Uncle Jack. Yes, sir. Jack came in. Repenting. We gave him a Bible study. He got baptized and received the Holy Ghost. How long has Jack been in church, Jason? You don't know. That'd be all right if that was the end of the story. But they had a, a cousin by the name of Kifei. The name is that? Kifei. Jamaican. Kifei came to church. Looked at him, I said, he won't never amount to nothing. I don't know how many services he came to. Came up front and we were praying for him. And he broke out talking in other tongues. As the spirit gave the utterance. Not as he listened to us say, come on now. You say what we say. I don't play that. I want them to have the Holy Ghost. Kifei received the baptism of the Holy Ghost. And his wife, she came and she got the Holy Ghost. And they've invited so many people to church. And we've taught Bible studies all because of going, taking that step of faith and going to that door. The dope lady that you don't build churches with these kind of people for the weeks. They are as solid as a rock. They love preaching and they love it straight. And I don't back up off of them. That is no brag, brother. It's just the facts. They love preaching and they love me. All because of the dope lady. We sent our bus out. We threw our net out, Brother Week, and we sent our bus into one of the worst projects in Atlanta. This young lady, my wife, witnessed to her. Her name is Chi Wan. Her name was Chi Wan Fowler. I mean, it was Chi Wan Flanagan. Now it's Chi Wan Fowler. She was from New York, a transplant. She came to church on the bus when they witnessed to her. Brother Bass, she was high on drugs. She came on the bus. I called Chiwan on the way down here. I said, Chiwan, how long have you been in church? She said, in March, it'll be five years. Brother Bass, I want to tell you something. She was high on drugs. She came to get the cookies. For the weeks from that day to this, she's never missed a service. You don't hear what I'm saying to you. This is not embellishment, exaggeration, or nothing. She was worth the whole project. But you you don't build a church on these guys. I'm not trying to tell you what to do. We live in a big city with all kinds of people. Our church... Brother Bass, our zip code was the number one zip code for murders in the state of Georgia. If you're not careful, that can overwhelm you. Jason, not long ago, saw two girls get off a bus right up the street from our church, and they got in a fight. And one pulled out a razor and cut the other one on the face. What are you going to do? Stay behind closed doors and tremble and say, they going to hurt us. God's going to do his part if we do our part. But can I remind you that too many times we expect for God to do his part when we don't take that step of faith. We don't mix faith with our evangelism. I'm I'm just about done. Can you give me another minute, five minutes, please? I'm not trying to hurt nobody's feelings, but she one came in. Brother Bass, she didn't have nowhere to live, and, and uh, Sisterhood and I talked, and we discussed it. And she lived with us for a couple of years, and 
she was from New York and used to drive in the subway and didn't, didn't know how to drive, didn't have a license. And she went to Job Corps uh, for computer something, and she was number one in her class. Came out with a degree in computers, and then she got a job at Verizon Wireless. She told me just the other day that she, she on that job that when they came in and rated the employees, she rated number one, Brother Weeks. Nobody else didn't even rate positive. Everybody had negative. You know why? Because she's a child of God and she's honest. Not to mention, Brother Bass, she, uh, she got me a phone at a discount price. I got 900 minutes, 900 minutes countrywide. I don't even want to tell you what I'm paying for it because you say, oh, wait a minute, brother. <laughs> text messages, everything free. I don't do no text messages, I, none of that stuff. I'm just saying, she, she is a jewel. Five years. She married Brother Carl Fowler, one of our preachers. Just, just you, to look at her, you'd think she'd be in church, been in church all of her life. She is the secretary of the church. Count money. It's got a sweet spirit, a good attitude. But if you to look at the project, you'd said, oh, no, we ain't wasting our time over here with these folks. Give us some rich folks. Anytime we raise money or have different offerings, they always put money in. Hey, I want to tell you something. You never know what you're getting, friend. Uh, uh, about done, we threw our net again Somebody witnessed to a young lady that was going to school at NYU. She was home for the summer. She was going to NYU to, and she was studying to be an actor. She was into theater, brother, brother Bass, and she had gone to Pace College in New York, and now she was going to NYU, and, and she came home, and somebody by faith witnessed to her. And I can remember seeing her coming to church. And again, I said, Nice looking girl, petite, but her dad was a preacher, had been a pastor, Baptist, and her mom had done some preaching. She came from a preaching home. And now she ends up by the weeks in an apostolic church that ain't pulling no punches. They taught her a Bible study and she was weeping during the Bible study. Can you imagine this with me coming from a home with a dad that's been a pastor? Something was missing there. And, and about a week's time, she received the baptism of the Holy Ghost, Brother Bass. And we baptized her. We had been praying for Brother Weeks, a keyboardist, for years. Come to find out, Brother Bass, she played the keyboard. And we just threw that triplets at her and said, check this out. Like you, brother. Yes. Brother Weeks, you were there at our anniversary service. You've heard us sing. It'll bring tears to your eyes. Oh, that girl can sing. She played the keyboard. She's one of our lead singers. And she married my son. Brother Weeks, on top of all that, y'all forgive me for saying this. She's a virgin. She was a virgin. All the things that I have been praying for, Brother Weeks, for my son as a woman. Hey, God, still answer prayer. Don't get quiet on me now. I'm not see some of y'all want to act like y'all sanctimonious and all this kind of junk. She changed her major from theater to math. She came to me and told me, Brother Red, I want to be an actor. I said, We don't do acting around here. We are for real. <laughs> For the weeks, it was a childhood dream to be an actor. But she changed her major and she changed her school and transferred to Atlanta. And got one of the best jobs when she got done with school, got one of the best jobs in the city. It blows my mind. But to first look at it, you say, I ain't nothing there. I could tell you story after story of some things that God has done. Sister Veronica, Veronica Johnson was Veronica Brooks.
remember her coming from prison, coming home. My wife and I taught her Bible study. She was a felon. She had several felonies, had done time for several years. We taught her Bible study. To make a long story short, she came and, and she got the Holy Ghost. This lady is a seamstress extraordinaire. You hear me? She's written two books and a soul winner. A Bible study. I don't know how many folks are sitting in our church because of that felon. You hearing what I'm saying? Don't turn nobody away. Don't get too uppity and so high and mighty that you look at people and you turn your nose up. Oh, some of you ain't going to say nothing. I remind you, Moses was a murderer. David was an adulterer. But God kept using them. And all these people, God has given good jobs. And they are paying good tithe. I'm not, it's not just about the money. You know better than that. I'm just trying to say all these folks have got good jobs. Sister Veronica's sister came in. My sister's son got the whole. I could go on and on and on and on. All because we took that step of faith. And we believed God. And we're still doing it. Got to do his part. We do our part. You know what? It's not, it's not how far we've come in evangelism. It's how far we're willing to go. I said it's how far we are willing to go in evangelism. And teaching Bible studies and witnessing. You want to work for God. Let's all stand this morning. Why don't you just lift your hands and, and thank God for his faithfulness. God's still doing it. Why don't you just lift your hands and begin to thank God for his faithfulness. In Jesus name. Praise God. Praise God. Hallelujah, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank God. Hallelujah.